So friends, today we're going to talk about all things rotting from yogurt to pickles to sauerkraut. We like to ferment here on the farm. And I think most of you will too, if you aren't already. Um, And so we're just going to share some of the ins and outs and basics. And hopefully by the end, you're going to make some pickles or sauerkraut because there couldn't be anything simpler. And yeah, let's chat. Hey friends. Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life, where we answer your pressing questions and share useful tools for creating your most fulfilling, self-sufficient family homestead. We go back to basics in all things family, faith, and farming, and we're eager to teach you what we've learned, everything from growing a garden to earning an income to living a less toxic and more nature-based lifestyle. We're thrilled you're here and hope you leave inspired to live your life as a schoolhouse too. All right, Lacey. So I know on the counter, we've got some things bubbling already. One of my favorite things to talk about is our counter cultures. We're so counterculture. We're very counterculture. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I think it all started, I mean, we've been doing it for a long, long time now, culturing things. I think when I was pregnant with Naomi, we delved into the realm of raw milk and that was- Very terrifying. So that was, she's 18 in October. Yeah. So it's been a little bit. It was terrifying. Yeah. I think I think that we have an, an American- society of fear of dirt and germs. And I'm, I have a feeling that most people listening to our podcast probably aren't in that space. But if you need a little push to get a little dirtier with what you're eating, I mean, first of all, let's talk about some of the benefits, the health benefits, because it's a huge motivation for why we continue to ferment, explore fermentation and, and fermentation. Fermentation. Yeah. It's because it's so good for us. And it's like this it's this way of digesting our food and absorbing all it has to offer us that most processed food, well, probably all processed foods just don't have. So also it's a really great way to preserve the harvest. And we're here in the thick of the harvesting season. And so it's a really good time to start playing around with it. Yeah, I think ultimately it was just for the record, this is our first time recording a podcast, (laughs) looking at each other and Drew just winked at me. It's very inappropriate. uh, I felt like she needed a little wink. Um, So I think that ultimately it was a form of preservation like you harvested something yeah. and then i mean as soon as you harvest anything from animals yeah. to mm-hmm. animal products to vegetables it's rotting yeah it's just you know like it's dying how long can you how long can you consume it and i feel like that's mm-hmm. probably like part of it like you know sour milk it's like should i keep drinking this maybe because uh well you know. here's the truth what's like pasteurized milk that's sour yeah no probably not yeah, because no, you've got no, a really a big imbalance and this yeah. is like true when you look at gut health which is a major cause of most diseases if not all, you have this problem with the bacteria balance, right? You have a lack, you have a sterility problem. It's too much sterileness because you don't have the diversity that creates good health. And that happens from a very early age. It happens, we can talk about breastfeeding, we can talk about childbirth in general, whether it's a vaginal birth or a cesarean. I mean, all of these things have a really massive impact, not to mention genetics, a massive impact on the health of our microbiome. And the more diversity in there, the healthier we are. Isn't it true like when a baby's born, it's like coated, like a vaginal birth, it gets coated in yeah, some kind of with a microflora or... out of the pelvis region, of pelvical the vagina? region. Yeah, yeah, the it? vagina. Yeah. You, you went there. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, I mean, this is all something that plays a part. I mean, it's all a part of life. And I think a lot of what we do as humans is try to simplify nature, not even simplify, but like sterilize it. We try, yeah. try to make it cleaner. Well, we had that, we just had a... Pro- 
preservation class. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like I did want to put in a plug. If you didn't know, we have a lot of great classes happening here on the farmstead and we would love to have you visit and join us for those. So just in case you like hands-on experiences, yeah, come on. You can go to the schoolhouselife.com backslash calendar and it'll take you right there to what we got going on. You're officially invited. Yep. You are invited. I think even at that class, I I did not realize how many people were still hesitant on everything not being sterile. Like for instance, like boiling the jars ahead of time to can or the lids and that kind of thing like people oh, well, in America, wanted to do America, you have to make it as sterile as possible to right. make it feel like it's a science experiment yeah. I mean I remember in chemistry like cleaning the beaker so much and I get it like look it's not real science if you don't have a clean beaker but yeah. my point is our kitchen is not a chem- is not scientific laboratory right I mean right. in one way it kind of is but we have to understand that we can't erase the microbiome and as we do that we're erasing it not only from our homes but from our our guts and our health as well. So yeah, and like when you think about like the best wines, the best fermented mm. like cheeses, and all of those are like aged, made perfection. over and over in mm. the those like old wooden barrels mm-hmm. um, that have just like this active um, biome yeah. going on in there, and that's what creates the deliciousness and having that inside of our bodies creates a healthier body also. So, well, and the interesting thing too, is that our, our ancestors did this as a way of like survival, right? It wasn't a question of, is it safe or not? It was, are we going to make it through the winter? Right? Like, you know, you can keep sauerkraut potentially forever Forever, and continue to eat it. However, you know, at the same time, they didn't have the bombardment of sterilization that we have today through medications through everything else that we eat being either laden with toxins or completely removed of nutrition, the sugar inputs that we have now, the antibiotic exposure that we have, even if we're not taking antibiotics or haven't taken them, they're everywhere. They're in our water now, right? I mean, we just cannot get away from even, them. Even, uh, what was it they found? Pesticides. Roundup in our- Roundup. In people's bloodstreams in now? Every, it was like 80% of the yeah. people's bloodstreams. So, I mean, this is something that we are That's completely just bombarded with. And really the only way we can combat that is to k- keep- like replenishing that at a faster rate. I mean, right. that's, that's our yeah. best solution. And there is, there are studies to show that the, the lactobacillica or, you know, all the names of this different bacteria, but can drinking you name kefir, another one? No, maybe if I <laughs> that's the only one. I know. Um, but the kefirs and the uh, sauerkrauts and the, the pickles and all of these different things carry specific bacteria will really help combat the problems that these other costs or other things cause or the lack of bacteria, the things that these k- things kill off, we can replenish. We can replenish. And I think it's important that we, you know, take steps to do it. And it can be really fun, super fun. Okay. And so someone that list off some things. Yeah. Someone that's never fermented before. First thing they should ferment is what? I think kefir is a really easy starting point or pickles. I was going to say sauerkraut. Two. Okay. Yeah. Sauerkraut. Okay. So those three should be on your top 10 list. I would, I would rule, I would give sauerkraut over kefir because yeah. Kefir, you have to get grains. Sauerkraut, all you That's need true. is cabbage. You just need the cabbage and salt. And salt. Yeah. yeah. And an appropriate jar. Yeah. So we're going to get real quick, just nitty gritty. This is like Google directions if you want more. But basically, sauerkraut is you chop up cabbage. Shred it. Shred it. Put it in a jar. And look, you can get creative because sauerkraut does not have to be just cabbage. Like yeah. we, we mix in carrots. We mix in, mix juniper in berries. apples. Juniper berries. Peppercorns. I mean, you yeah. can get... With the flavor, garlic. I mean, what do you like? Hot peppers. Hot if you want to go like spicy, spicy. Uh, I love think, a kimchi. Style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you mix all that, whatever you want your ingredients to be. You put it in there. 
and you mash it until the liquid from the cabbage and whatever else you put in there covers everything that you have in there. Mm -hmm. And the first like five minutes of mashing, you're going to be like, there is no way there's going to be enough water. Oh, important step. You do have to add salt. The salt helps draw out the liquid and it's one teaspoon per pound of cabbage, I believe. Mm, it's something double, like that. Double check that. Double it might check. be less. I feel like it's not that. It's not that rigid of a no. Salt salts are yeah. different too. So some salts are actually saltier than. Well, in the ingredient in the recipe, I found it was like, it, and if you want it less salty, to use less salt. Yeah. And if you want it more salty, use more salt. Yeah, no, it's so, not that specific. But just to give you kind of like a, you know, taste it. And there's nothing wrong with tasting it and then sticking that spoon back in there and mashing some more. <laughs> All good chefs taste as they cook. But just mash it until the liquid gets over top. And then you're going to want some kind of weight that holds all the vegetable matter under the liquid. You can take like a small dish or they actually make like sauerkraut stones if you want to get more professional at it. You but, can put a plate and like fill it with beans and yeah, put it on top. I've seen some people use uh, sandwich bags with mm -hmm. water in them mm -hmm. and it just holds it down. I don't really like the idea well, of plastic, plastic soaking on there, but yeah. But. And you can get a special crock too. You can get a special container. We have some brewing supplies. What is that thing called? It it's got carboy. a carboy with, with an airlock. Yeah, with an airlock. Yeah, which is just a, like a water-based lock system that lets air out but not back in. And it works really, The really only thing with a carboy is you really, you want one with like, we have one that's a one gallon and it has an open mouth. You don't want like the little narrow mouth because you're never going to get your sauerkraut back it's out. It's hard to reach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't use the carboy with <laughs> right. a twisty lid. Yeah, that would be insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's it. That's sauerkraut. Let it sit for a week. And the fun thing about sauerkraut is you can, like, give it a week, taste it. If you want it more sour, leave it out. If you want to slow down the fermenting, put it in the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Let me tell you something, too, because here's what will happen when you start fermenting. You're going to start seeing molds appear. Right. And I'll tell you the trick that my grandma taught me when she would open a can of applesauce that she canned. And she followed the rules exactly how you're supposed to can. And she would scrape off the mold and we'd eat it. <laughs> so yeah. a lot of times people are so terrified, you know, they see mold on cheese, but I hate to tell you that is cheese, right? Like that is a part of the process of making cheese. So scrape it off and eat it. I mean, it's just a, it's almost like it creates a barrier of protection on the top layer. And hopefully if you have the right uh, weight, it won't be as much of a problem, but there will generally always be a bit of a film of mold on the top of your fermentation container on the water. And, and that's not, that's not something the, to be worried about. Yeah. The reality is Sandra Katz, who is like a fermenting guru, even talks about it in a couple of his books. Like the reality is there's no mold that's going to kill you. Like there's one or two out there, but they're like 99% of the time not going to form on, on your foods it's just not the right environment for that right mold to form so full disclaimer i'm not a like mold expert mm -hmm. but in our house we scrape off the molds and don't worry about it so <laughs> i've been doing that for years you name it sour yeah. cream ricotta and anything in the fridge we haven't had anybody food. die nobody's dead or severely injured no and i will say though we have a very stout children and, and our, we're pretty healthy too, but like, you know, we've, we've, of course we use oils and we, you know, I've done other things to avoid getting sick and know all the right tools that are good tools anyways. And yeah, but I think that plays a part in not being overly sterile in our home environment or worried about germs or all of that. 
I think has made our kids healthier. Yeah. Okay. So number two, Furman. We're going for top three, right? So number. Okay. Well, I mean, yogurt, maybe we should skip kefir and go to yogurt. Yogurt, Kefir, I feel like is easy because you do it on the counter, but yogurt can be really easy too. And you can make really nice yogurt for pretty inexpensive. So we, like I said, we get raw milk. We, if you're just starting out, all you need is like a third of a cup of good Greek yogurt. And so I just usually buy one of the like little Little individual size Greek yogurt, plain Greek yogurts. You Um, don't want a flavor. No, no flavor, no sugar. And then you add that to your, your milk after you've heated your milk too. It's like 180, I think. Yeah. Then you got to cool it back down. Then you let it chill just because when you add that yogurt culture, it will kill it if it's too hot in there. And that's usually why people will get runny yogurt is because they... Yeah. They don't let it cool enough. They don't let it cool enough. A good rule is you can stick your finger in it and if it still feels warm, then it's too hot. Yeah. And then you, once it's like cool to room temperature, I think it's way easier to make yogurt during the winter when you can just, we use an instant pot. It has like a yogurt button on it. So it's super easy. Before I had an instant pot, I would use my crock pot because it just like holds the temperature a little bit and you can do it in the oven too. You can get a yogurt maker. I mean, there's, it's like, it's not as complicated as it seems because you really, all you're trying to do is keep it as an even warm temperature while that yogurt culture takes over all the milk. Yeah. Basically incubating it Uh is the, the, yeah. Warming it without heating it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. anyway, so yeah, that is overnight. And the next morning we have a whole, whole gallon of yogurt. And you can strain it if you want. If you strain it, you'll have a bunch of whey, which whey is an incredibly high in protein and nutritious mm-hmm. product to have. And you can make a lot of things with whey too. Um, it's a byproduct of making all kinds of cheeses and you name it. But, but yeah, yogurt is a really good and healthful food that we like to have all the time. We've actually been having a hard time keeping it in stock because we're going through our milk too quickly, but it's an easy thing to make. <laughs> in stock with our kids. In stock with our home children. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and generally we make it at a gallon at a time, right? Like you can yeah, make it smaller though. We're making smaller batches because yeah. our kids go through it so quickly. But we it, did yeah. at the beginning we started with like all these little glass jars and we would pour it <laughs> in little glass jars and put like a teaspoon of uh jelly starter yogurt like in oh, each one. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. And and it was a yogurt maker thing. Was it a yogurt maker? It was, yeah. I remember making it in the oven I've had two different too. kinds of yogurt makers over yeah. the years. And they were fine, but it's like... So it's, it's very time consuming. Yeah. Like it's like if you have a family of our size... Like six yeah. people, we, you know. It's, we store it in yeah. half-gallon half sized mason jars. Yeah. <laughs> that's how and, we keep it in the And fridge. it goes, like, that's like a in week's a week, worth. it's gone. Yeah. But it's, I mean... It's way less expensive and you have all the benefits of... Plus, you have yogurt, You have yogurt, which is great, yeah. not just as yogurt, but like in baking. And so you basically preserved your milk because it'll last a lot longer and you can freeze it. You can make popsicles. I mean, well, and then like the other thing you do with it is then you can strain it down even more and make like a farmer's cheese yeah, with can. it, mm-hmm. which is... Like a creamy re- cheese. Which is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So So yeah, yogurt is probably I guess that counts as a culture, right? Another yeah. thing that we've had on our counters for a really long time, we haven't had it in a while actually, but is kombucha, which you know, I I'm saying this one actually because You're hesitating to say this one. I'm hesitating only because I don't it's not my 
it's not my go-to. Like, we just haven't made it in a really long time. I'll, I enjoy kombucha every once in a while, but we don't drink it fast enough to, like, I'm going to make some soon just because I've had an urge, but it's not something that I make sure we always have because, I don't know, I just feel like it's a lot of sugar. And even though they say that the SCOBY eats the sugar, I, I just have a hard time believing. I mean, it still, still tastes sweet. But <laughs> I will say, you know, for people who are buying kombucha from the store, that stuff oh, is not yeah. cheap. No. And, and I think every time I buy a bottle of my I'm like, oh, this is, and I the should kind just be making my own. And it has, the store kombucha, most of it does have a lot of sugar. Mm-hmm. But you, there's one brand, I remember, I can picture the logo. It has like a dog running on it, I think, that is less sugar. Up dog? Maybe. Yeah, um, I don't know. Anyway, point being, kombucha is very simple to make. Once you have a SCOBY, you can really make endless amounts of it. And your SCOBY will continue to grow and multiply, and you'll have this mushroom that you feel like is a part of your family. And it's a little terrifying. Every time I pull it out, I feel like it's going to, like, if it moves, I'm going to scream. It feels like it's a real fish or something in there. Yeah. It won't. It doesn't have a mouth. It won't bite. It's basically kind of like a mushroom. It is. A wet but you can do the same thing with that. So like as yogurt, you can buy plain kombucha mm-hmm. from the store and start your own You're SCOBY. You're looking for a SCOBY. I mean, it's good to yeah. get a SCOBY from someone who will share with you if you, you know, or you can, you know, you can buy them a lot of times too, but you can also. Yeah. yeah. It One takes of those a, ones with the mother in it, you just yeah. just look to make sure there's like the um, the stuff floating in the bottom. It takes a little while because you have to like. Depending on the temperature. Start a kombucha batch to make your SCOBY mm-hmm. and then make another batch of kombucha with that scoby so it's kind of you know it can take a little while but yeah like Lacey said when it's warm like it is now Mm, it it goes it goes quick yeah and you can make your own flavor so if you have like a favorite iced tea you can use that tea and make your make make your kombucha that flavor and then you can also do like some some second fermenting with some fruit or whatever i mean there's a lot of yeah and then it gets like bubbly yeah it'll get more bubbly okay so my bonus ferment that i make every year this year i might actually not make it but a hot fermented hot pepper sauce hot sauce Mm, we have some peppers growing i don't think you know about no, I don't know about them. They're looking good. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. Then I might ferment them. Mm-hmm. So all you do with this is it's very much like a sauerkraut. Basically, you take all the hot peppers. I just take every stinking hot pepper I can find, put them all in a jar, chop them up. Make sure you wear gloves because if it's really hot peppers, it will burn your hands. Like for a day or two, your hands will feel like they're on fire. So mm-hmm. I generally always obey that rule because... It hurts. But you just put all those in there, add some salt and mash it up until it's like a mash and then let it ferment for like a week. You'll see bubbles start to form and then you can take that out and you can put it in the blender and make like a liquid hot sauce or you can just kind of like pulse it once or twice and it'll make like more of like a paste. So it's just whatever consistency you want. And then just keep that in the refrigerator and Mm. it slowly continues to ferment. Mm -hmm. We had like a massive disaster was that last year I it think. was yeah we had some in like an airlock container and um, in olive oil wasn't it in olive oil you're making an olive that was was that a olive oil for yeah that? you were doing you put the peppers yeah, in olive oil i made it infused olive oil that's right yeah. with hot peppers and then i asked and then it fermented yeah and it fermented and i i didn't think it was going to ferment that quick but it did and uh, one of the kids took the lid off, popped the lid, and it, like, shot, like, a mist of 
hot pepper oil all over all of us, all over her face and a little bit on my skin. And it was insane. Which I will say, so this is actually probably the biggest safety situation when you're talking about fermenting is the bottles that you're using because that air pressure with fermentation can build up and build up and build up and make bottles explode. And like we have this experience. So you do really want to get some equipment that's going to help you out. We have some really easy, like they're mason jar lid tops that will let the air out, but not back in. And this is a perfect tool for like making pickles, for example, because those little bubbles will come out, but they, you know, really doesn't pass the air back in, which is what you want to prevent. Yeah. And, and pickles, I feel like need to be on the list too. If you're done, are you yeah. done with your, that's my bonus. Okay. Lacey's yeah, bonus. bonus. So pickles, because you can pickle anything. I think, you know, you can pickle eggs, you can pickle onions, you can pickle. And there's a lot of times I'm at a restaurant and I'll eat some pickled onions and I'm like, why do we not have more? I know. I do love pickled onions. So there are some really simple things, some things to make it better because pickles will get, you know, you can do refrigerator pickles, which stay pretty crunchy. If you do counter pickles, they ferment better. It's called lacto-fermentation when you do pickles this way. I'm not really sure. We were trying to figure out exactly what classifies what as lacto, lacto and yeah. what doesn't. I'm not sure. But but anyway, so we should have probably researched that before our call, <laughs> our chat. That's an easy Google question. Yeah, Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so... When you put pickles in, you know, you can cut cut them like spears. You can cut them like slices. You put them in a 10% brine of salt. And then you can add all kinds of things. So what I like to do is I like to walk through the garden and pick whatever, like the herbs, like basil, basil flowers. What did I pick last time? Some garlic chives. You know, whatever I can find as I'm like walking through my garden, nasturtium flowers. You know, there's just things you can kind of grab as you're walking through your garden or forage if you're, you know, on your property to add different kinds of flavors and nutrients and that kind of thing. And then... One of the tickets that we've found to keeping those uh, those counter cultured pickles crispy is to add something like grape leaves. Grape leaves are high in tannins. You can also do I forget what else is on the list. A friend of mine posted uh, that she used persimmons, like persimmons that have fallen off the tree are high in tannins. Also, bay leaves. And there are some other options for adding that that crispiness, just keeping it crisp. So I just added a few grape leaves, and it, it really made a big difference in the crunchiness of the pickles. So, so play around with that and see what you can ferment straight out of your garden because it can be a really effective way to preserve that, fo- that food in a delicious way that's highly nutritious too. Now, I will tell you, if you decide to can these pickles, you will cook out all that, that stuff that we're talking about. So while you will preserve the food for later, I have some reservations about canning only because it does. You high cook this food that potentially does diminish some of its nutritional value. So, you know, use it when you need to, but try to just preserve without canning as well. Because I think you there are better ways to kind of harness some of that goodness uh, for later use without cooking it down so much. Yeah, and it just kind of helps you eat and season better. Like, it's almost like season extension in a way. Like, the fermenting stuff isn't going to last, like, till January. Although our hot sauce does. Yeah, I think it could. Yeah. I mean, you could I'm put, skeptical of the pickles lasting that long. Well, you could have a barrel of pickles and it would last That's almost indefinitely, yeah. right? Yeah. So Okay. Anyways, I hope you're inspired to try some new things on the on the counter. To, are you going to be counter culture with us? Let us know if you have any questions or comments or old favorite recipes. We would love to hear and try new things ourselves. So yeah, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed.